When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 3, Anakin's Got Crabs! The book, Star Wars Rogue Planet by Greg Bear. The year, 2000. Chapters 10 through 14, with your hosts, Jeff and John! Let's go! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Expounded Universe. The ah, that's right. Here we go. We're going to do this one more time. Let me tell you something. I love me oh. Expounded Universe. Ladies and gentlemen, step right up to see our collection of menagerie monsters. <laughs> You'll be amazed and astounded at the <laughs> wonderful Star Wars boys. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, so uh, welcome to Expounded Universe, the uh, podcast where we discuss old Star Wars novels. I'm Jeff, and that's John right over there. Hey. hey! Hey! Yeah, how you doing? I'm all right! Yeah, we're heat-waving a little bit, but I feel like everyone's doing that, so no reason to get into it. Yeah, it's uh, it's the uh, the West's turn right now, but I hear as soon as we're done with ours, it's just moving east. Oh, good. So, so everybody gets a taste. So it'll just meet us in Indiana when we get there for Gen Con? Yeah. yeah. It's just like, hey, I know it sucks right now, but as soon as you leave, it'll suck there, too. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. I always assume Indiana's going to suck. That's that's a good assumption to make. That's why you try to get the hotels that are connected by air-conditioned sky bridges. Yeah, and can't. We, yeah, we didn't get them. I'm sorry, Gen, nope. Gen Con, you failed us. <laughs> Gen, I thought, I, Gen Con failed us. I thought there were supposed to be less people this year because everyone's scared of the pandemic or something. Nah, man. All right. No one that goes to Gen Con is scared of a pandemic. Or nothing. They aren't cowards hiding behind a mask. <laughs> If you were a real hero, you'd do it as one of the policemen. Our fine boys in blue. Spider-Man is a menace. Or wait, is he a threat? <laughs> He's both. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, it's time to talk about a few of the chapters of Rogue Planet. Mm. And this is a, uh, this is still a set up set of chapters. Yeah. We move a couple of things here and there, a little bit along, but for the most part, we're, we're just flying to the big adventure still, which... Seems like by chapter 14, you ought to be somewhere along in the big adventure. But keep in mind, this book has 67 chapters. But here's the thing. We're also almost a third of the way through the book. Because yeah. this is about 320-ish pages. We get through, like, 100 by the end of this. And I'm like, we haven't even gotten to the titular rogue planet yet. Yeah. I mean, we get... They're in orbit around it. Yeah, we get to it, but we haven't gone onto it yet. Yeah, so... And we have a whole chapter here just dedicated to Obi-Wan watch Anakin sleep. Just, Real creepy shit. Uh, it's not super creepy. I mean, the problem with the, the Obi-Wan watching Anakin thing is it's just more Vader foreshadowing. Eh. Which is, if it, it seems to be that this book was like, all right, you're writing about young Anakin. Well, especially what, what do you that, know? that intermediate period. Because yeah. if you know, like, oh, the second movie is going to take place and he'll be like, 
already like a grown up teenager. Yeah. You have to bridge the gap between him being an innocent little kid and him being a like shitty little teenager. Yeah. Like, well, fuck. Okay, fine. Now, I don't know that he knew that. Like, I'm not sure when this book came out in relation to when the movies did. We've done it. We've talked about it before, but I have immediately forgot. Um, so I don't know if he knew about the casting of Hayden Christensen or that the next book I was... I assume that the casting at least had been out at this point, because I think the next movie was out, like, the following year. All right, that makes sense, yeah. But it, anyway, yeah, our, our opening chapter is Anakin is fast asleep, and uh, yeah, Obi-Wan oh, is... And- let me just do the the recap for oh, anyone of course. who might not John, remember. Can you, can you bring us up to speed on what happened when last we left our heroes? So just to to bring you up to speed, if you might not remember from last time, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin are sent on a fun little adventure. They get onto a ship with a real freaky gross worm man. Yep, his name's Charza, and his ship's called the Space Sea Star. Yeah, and it is, it's got like thigh-deep standing water everywhere. Yep. Filled with little critters, all sorts of, like, little sea animals and crabs and it's a nice whatnot. Go- it's a nice, gooshy tide pool-, pool ship. Yeah. Yeah. And so they got, you know, anytime they want to walk around, they have to put, so- put on some waders. Charza has a bunch of crabs that want to get eaten by him because they are sentient, but their life cycle is we have to get eaten to give birth. Yes. Uh, and, and this constantly bothers Anakin. Yeah, Anakin's all fucked up about it. And it, this continues through this set of chapters. Uh, and then also Sinar, the the guy who invented the TIE Fighter. Or will invent the TIE Fighter, I think. I mean, has already in our timeline. Oh, okay, In this fair. book, he has yet to come out, I assume, with the TIE series. No, you're right, you're right. Every, every, uh, distinct, should, should always be past tense, because this all happened a long time ago. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Sinar, uh, got visited by Tarkin, who did a whole bunch of shit, but now he has told him, hey, you're gonna have to go to Zanama Seacote and follow Anakin and fucking Obi-Wan for some reason. The the picking of Sinar is still a confusion point for us, I'm pretty sure, because he's like It's real weird to be like, I need a CEO to go on this mission. Yeah. Fucking why? Especially like a ridiculously out-of-touch rich one. Let's just send that guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the type of person where you're like, I feel like you got billionaire money correct. Because in the previous stuff, we find that he has his own personal museum just for himself about other people's failures. Yeah. And then this fucking chapter has him riding around on fucking, like, fancy space horses. Yeah. So he is just... He is that level of like, ooh, I'm the idle rich CEO. And of course, it's 2000, so we've still got that. And he's brilliant, and that's why he's rich, not just, you know, because he happened to have money before. Yeah, he should go found Sinar's Gulch. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of this shit. I'm sure he probably was able to make Who is the Sinar subsystems Sinar? because of, you know, the skin of an his emerald, teeth. And- <laughs> an emerald mine that his dad had. Yeah, probably. Definitely wasn't that. I'm pretty sure the mythology of the fact that he did all this himself in a garage is 100% correct. Yeah. So there you go. Our, we are set up so that everyone is on their way to adventure and they continue being on their way. So one of the, the rooms on the Space Sea Star is dry. So that there's if, the if, guest house. If Charza has guests, they can stay in the guest room that doesn't have water in it. And right now, Anakin is fast asleep in the guest room, having a little dream where he's chasing a bone or something because his legs are going back and forth real fast, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I'm your father. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and Obi-Wan is just sitting there ruminating on, on this and a few other things. He's basically watching Anakin sleep and being like, boy, I just do not know how to raise this kid. And, and it's fucked up that this adventure is like, hey, it's all you now. Because he's yeah. like, man, back at the temple, there were other Jedi. The staff there was big on helping take care of Anakin. But now it is just me. And yeah. I am not good at this yeah yeah he's he's lamenting that he isn't the best at this but he is marveling at that anakin is really good at things anakin of course is a prodigy they, they definitely picked that up from the uh from from phantom menace and here they're just playing it out to it's pretty much logical extremes he is good at everything yeah he's uh we get the tale of a prank he pulled on obi-wan where he found some broken droid fixed it Gave it, like, life! <laughs> Gave it a, a verbo brain, but its shit was all fucked to start with, so it couldn't really do anything. It was just sort of like, I'm a protocol droid and I can kind of stand around. But then he put Jedi robes on it and put the hood up, and apparently Obi-Wan just sat there talking to a brain-dead droid for about three minutes before he realized this is basically a statue in robes. Yeah, like, uh, that was how long it took him to go, like, oh, let me try force on this guy. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't, this oh, he's a droid. This guy doesn't register his shit. Oh, God, I, I've been falling for this. I, I find it hilarious that this was an Anakin prank and it required the skills of Anakin to basically make a little Jedi robe scarecrow and stick it out in front of, An uh, of Obi-Wan's house. Yeah. When Obi-Wan came out, it could have been anything. It could have been a shrub. You put some robes on and be like, hello, I'm, I don't know why he's Liverpudlian. Hello, 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 I'm, 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 I'm Obi-Wan, I am. <laughs> ah, too right. <laughs> of course I know him, he's me, you fuck. <laughs> Just sit there talking to a tree with a robe on it for two minutes before he gets mad at whichever one of the Jedi kids is obsessed with plants right now. <laughs> Probably that one from the zombie book. Probably. Yeah. Although I think that was set thousands of years before this. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he he's like, oh, you know, being in charge of Anakin, it's supposed to be that the master teaches the student, but this this kid he teaches me something every day, and that's amazing. And I'm like, all right, that that is supposed to be what every other master says, though. They're like, yeah, when you have a Padawan, they teach you as much as you teach them. The whole point of being a teacher is to you also learn by doing this. Yeah, it could be that he just doesn't know that especially well. well. This, this is his first Padawan. Yeah, this is his first Padawan. And we have we have gone into his head in previous chapters where he discusses how like Yoda acts around the, the, the younglings compared to how like Mace Windu does or whatever, where some people will treat them as just annoyances or information sponges. Where Yoda loves them because they have lateral thinking and they, they think like, you know, they're kids. They don't quite know how things are thought through. Yeah. And so you, you can give learn them a, a lot. problem. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, what if I did this weird thing? And he's like, fucking that rules. Yeah. Yoda loves that because that's how he thinks, too. So he likes seeing it in other people. Yeah. Uh, but Obi-Wan's not used to it yet. So he's no. still like, wow, the wisdom of babes. Yeah. I mean, he he is very much like the I'm a new parent and I'm like. 20 or 21 and i'm just like oh shit kids are weird yeah like a stand-up comic who just had a kid and now his whole routine is about it <laughs> hey you ever think about kids eating grapes that's my whole routine now <laughs> i promise having a kid that won't change me i'm still the hard fighting hard farting stand-up comic you came to love but let me tell you something my daughter is a wonder <laughs> let me tell you something if anyone touched my daughter i'd murder them <laughs> so 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, Obi-Wan is just sitting there thinking all that, but also he is trying to keep himself awake because he has recently picked up the obsession that other Jedi that he has heard of do not need to sleep. So puissant are they in the, the living spirit of the Force that they have replaced their sleep with merely absorbing the ambient world around them and 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 no no longer requiring that of, out of many moments of bodily weakness and so he's like I will also learn to not sleep even though I've never actually met any particular Jedi that can do that I don't know anyone that does that but I've heard of it oh and I, I do like, know all of the most powerful Jedi that we know of I love this shit because I'm immediately like oh you're the type of idiot that's going to go on a juice cleanse because there are toxins in you isn't that's, normally that's, that's the kind of shit you're gonna do you're gonna get into an mlm because someone's gonna tell you you could be your own boss <laughs> normally obi-wan is not any of that he like loves structure he loves being in the jedi temple it's his favorite thing yeah but but, but here he is reason, like, he's like oh well i'm sure force meditation is just as restful as sleep so if i just know how to force meditate good enough i'll never sleep again yeah now don't forget he does have a strong liver puddling accent <laughs> Of course, if I if I can force meditate, it'll never sleep again. Ah, <laughs> oh, the mad lad, he did it. <laughs> the absolute mad lad. <laughs> uh, he also has a brief moment towards the end of the chapter where he sort of imagines that he is speaking to Qui-Gon Force Ghost, but this book ain't got Qui-Gon Force Ghost permission or chops. <laughs> you ain't got Qui-Gon money. Yeah. Like, we got Qui-Gon at home. Because there was a whole deal where everyone was like, where's, where's the Qui-Gon Force ghost? Did Liam Neeson just say no? Where is he? And all the way through the the, set, the two other movies, they were, where's Qui-Gon showing up and being like, hmm, I'm nodding approvingly. Um, and this book's not going to do it. So it's got to be yeah. him being like, that's what I feel like Qui-Gon would have said. And then I'll talk to what I feel like is Qui-Gon. Yeah, it's, it is left ambiguous because he's like, ooh, I heard this in my mind, but no one said anything. So he's like, well, this might be a force ghost, so I'll say out loud, hey, man, thanks. Thanks, Qui-Gon, just in case you're a ghost in here and I'm not just hallucinating. <laughs> I'm not. Damn I've it. washed my hands of the franchise. <laughs> I have a certain particular set of skills. <laughs> I'm going to go be an action franchise after action franchise where I rescue my teenage daughter. <laughs> and it becomes increasingly unlikely that I would have one of those. <laughs> uh. Um... <laughs> I mean, we do eventually get him as a Force Ghost, of course. He finally, after people spent years, decades, defining why we didn't, where they're like, oh, it's because he got murdered unexpectedly and he didn't have a chance to prepare himself for the world of the afterlife. Or it's because he was never really a master like the others, and so he didn't learn the necessary techniques. I mean, I understand being like, look, being a Force Ghost is hard, mm -hmm. and you don't, like... If everyone could do it, then we would just be lousy with fucking ghosts. Yeah, well, spoiler alert for a show from, like, uh, two years ago now, but he turns up at the tail end of, of uh, the Obi-Wan limited series. So you do yeah. finally see Liam Neeson popping up and being like, took you long enough. And you're like, oh, okay, there he is. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. I would have been great if he had also still had, like, two more Force ghosts from the Phantom Menace era, like, standing on either side of him, like, fucking Watto and Boss Nass. And just both of them just nodding approvingly. <laughs> These guys weren't even Jedi. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> Never stop to ask because you are racist. <laughs> Death doesn't work on me. Only being a ghost. <laughs> 
Oh, shit, Scooby-Doo! Of course I was a Jedi. I simply didn't feel a need to talk to you stupid humans about it. <laughs> I'm David Attenborough. Or Brian Blessed. Brian Blessed. I'm Brian Blessed. I'll be whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> It'd be great if he was David Attenborough. It would be great if David Attenborough was Boston ass. He's just like, and of course now we can see the Jedi coming here. Let's see what happens. So, um... Anyway, uh, that's chapter one, and we're reading five chapters, so maybe we could... We, we Meh. Should, eh. Meh. Chapter two is Wraith Sinar shit. Yeah. He's in his stupid... He has a his own... Again, this guy is like a mega billionaire, so he, he owns a, a, an amount of Coruscant real estate that feels silly even when you uh, have read a Shizor book. Yes. Where it's, Shizor at least had most of his real estate tied up in skyhooks, you know, like floating above Coruscant. This guy's like, no, I own a, a, a multi-acre underground museum and also a giant gladiatorial arena that's just for me. Yeah, it's a giant arena, but he basically just uses it for equestrian shit. He has a six-legged... They're called, like, Prithes? Tri- the Trith Prancer. Yeah. So the, the Trith Prancer is basically a six-legged horse. But he's like, ooh, I've trained them so well, and I can get them to do all these tricks, and I can I can have them prance around on only their back four legs and mm. not use the front two legs. Yes. Ooh, look at and me. of course, every one of them has won a number of awards. Mm. They're all they would all be worth billions of dollars if I were to sell them, but I I couldn't possibly. Mm, why would I sell them? Who cares about the appreciation or depreciation of value? I'm rich. Ooh. Mm. And you know, I'm still I'm I'm riding one of these to kind of ease my mind after that. Frightful meeting with Tarkin in my secret museum, where I think he thinks he's got me over a barrel, and you know what? Part of me enjoys the thought. (laughs) If only. Um. (laughs) I'll widen my stance and accept spankings. (laughs) As he is wont to do. I'm pretty sure. I'm almost certain. (laughs) I don't feel like Tarkin's the bottom here. (laughs) Uh, I feel like Tarkin's a switch. He could just do whatever. Tarkin is a very talented yes, gentleman. He's flexible. But Sinar is just like, ooh, I I love to ride. And normally, all of my problems would just fall away. Why, I could ride for days. And the only way I'd ever come back is if I had a new ship I wanted to design. Because I'm brilliant. Oh. Mm, yes, I can do whatever. And, you know, Tarkin's probably right. I probably am in his pocket. But whatever, I'm patient. I can wait until it's profitable for me. Ooh. And then Tarkin comes walking in. Now, this dude... He's always alone. Like, I guess one of the biggest things you can buy when you're a billionaire on Coruscant is vast amounts of privacy. Yeah. Uh, and so he's in this big arena by himself with just horses and droids. And there's like 5,000 security droids in here. And as Tarkin walks in, all of them kind of start walking towards him and drawing weapons. And none of them are shooting because Tarkin has a senatorial class ionic disruptor. Yeah. Which, which sounds kind of like the, the thermal detonator line to me. But whatever that is, it's just a thing that makes it so droids can't hurt you. Yeah, I That mean, seems like a very useful tool to exist in a world where one of the major factions fights entirely with a droid army. I mean, he has a... We know fucking ionic weapons are like, oh yeah, this scrambles circuitry, so obviously droids, this would fuck them up. Yeah. And it's... I'm just saying, why didn't we give some of these to the standing Gungan army on Naboo when they had to fight the battle droids? I mean... They say it's a senatorial one, so I assume it's expensive to make. Yeah. And it's just, oh, I have one of these because I'm rich and important. You don't. But the other reason being because we don't care about keeping the droids intact. Arrows are expensive. Send in the Gungans. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) But I mean, it's the... 
it's the idea of if I actually hit something square with a shot and I'm using a blaster, it will destroy it just as much as the ion blaster. But the reason he has that is he's like, I don't want to ruin this guy's fucking merchandise. Yeah. So if I need to take out a droid, I'll just disable it for my friend Sinar. Yeah. Yeah, but he's just like, whatever. He walks in with his fucking thing in one hand that just makes it so no droid is allowed to hurt him. Like, it's just sort of a mobile restraining bo- bolt machine. Except it's probably making them all fucked up. Like that, No, that's just what Tarkin believes. Because Tarkin's like, ah. oh, I, I have this gun and none of it, I would take out all of your fucking dudes. And he's like, no, man, the only reason you didn't get shot to death the second you walked in here is because I programmed them to know who you are and not kill you. Yeah, I don't believe Sinar. I'm going to go. No, I'm going to go ahead and be honest a, here. Tarkin has a gun. He would have to shoot each one individually to stop them. He is a, a senatorial class ionic disruptor, not a gun. And second of all, a disruptor is a gun. <laughs> no, it's a pulse. Yeah, sure. And I, I, an ionic uh, disruptor that's mounted on a ship is a kind of gun because you use it to scramble the shields and circuits of enemy ships. Whatever he's got is some kind of pulse wave thing because there are thousands of droids descending on him. And yeah, none of them are shooting them, but they're also all acting all halting and weird like they're breaking as they come close. Let's be fair. This is not an argument that we're going to be able to come up with an answer to, because I think this is both of them bluffing at each other as hard as they can. Well, Tarkin straight up believes it as well, because he's like, oh, shit, I didn't realize that I would have been shot had I not. And because Sinar is also like, you know, I have some that are hardened circuits and a fucking ion disruptor wouldn't work on. Yeah. And the moment that that, uh, he hears any commotion happening amongst his droids, he gets terrified and jumps and hides behind his horse until he sees what's going on. So he doesn't feel as secure as having all of his droids perfectly hired, wired and being three steps ahead of Tarkin would allow. Uh, So he also doesn't know it's one dude. Like, yeah, it could have been a whole army. All I'm saying is I think they're both bluffing. I think uh, both Tarkin comes in with this thing and he's like, yeah, I don't, I, I can, I'm untouchable. I'm untouchable. And then Sinar wants to, doesn't want him to think he's that untouchable. So he's like, yeah, actually, you're pretty lucky because I programmed these droids to be lethal weapons. Freaking government made me do that. And huh? Tarkin's like, oh shit, really? Cause who knows? And you, you can't, you, you, Tarkin also can't just be like, no, you didn't because he still needs this guy to think he's his friend. Uh, no, I think if Tarkin did not believe that, he'd be like, Horseshit. No, you don't. Because it's Tarkin, and Tarkin has already done that. <laughs> hmm. Yes, and if you had done that, then I would spank your bottom. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I definitely did then. <laughs> I'm doing it now. Oh, Daddy, you have me over a barrel. <laughs> that barrel right there. <laughs> <laughs> Come along to the spanking barrel. Droids, bring in my collection of barrels. <laughs> Each of these barrels is worth billions of credits. A king's ransom on a king's world. And it's just a shitty barrel, you say? Mm, Yes. Mm. I like it rough. (laughs) That's the barrel that belonged to the world's... barrels. (laughs) That barrel belonged to the world's most powerful longshoreman. (laughs) They called him Popeye. Uh, Anyway, Tarkin shows up and he's just like, Hey, fucker, it's go time. (laughs) Yeah. He basically wants to see his Sakatan spaceship, which took me a second. To be honest, I knew they were going to a planet called Zanama Sakat, and it still didn't strike me that Sakatan might just be what you call things that are from there. Yeah. So when he was like, I need to see that Sakatan spaceship you have, I was like, oh, is, he, is that like a, a Star Wars curse word I haven't heard before? <laughs> that Sakatan monkey bird! <laughs> Sakat Pango! <laughs> uh, but then it, it dawned on me that no, he's talking about a ship from Zanama Sakat, which we do know that 
Wraith has one of. And Wraith, again, after being like, you know, you're lucky I programmed the droids to ignore your obvious rudeness. Um, but sure, whatever. Obviously, you can see the spaceship. I don't care. I already said we would do it. You can... I have a phone. You can call. Yeah. And it would You'd... probably be easier than traveling all the way fuck out here. I don't know how much I need to bend over for you to understand that I am in league with you. We are, the two of us, in cahoots. <laughs> you, d- you don't need to intimidate me into doing what you want. I already want to do it. You I'm can, on board. You can quit selling. Quit quit trying to get me on the ship at gunpoint. I'm captaining the ship. <laughs> I love it here. I appreciate your constant attempts to bend me over, though. <laughs> if there's one thing I love, it how insistent you are that I bend over. <laughs> For I have the ass of a billionaire. <laughs> Actually, I have a whole museum of the asses of billionaires. The great asses of history. Nothing, Nothing to do to now. Do now. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta buy me a Coke. <laughs> well, Robin. <laughs> Show them how many asses. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he takes him down to his uh, the part of his museum that has spaceships in it. Well, no, because this is not part of the museum. Yeah, this it's a is hangar. part of his manufacturing plants that are way down deep in Coruscant. Yeah. Because he's like... Oh, when I got rich, I basically sold all of my shit that was normally on, like, the crap levels. Because, you know, I'm rich now. I can afford to have stuff that are higher up in the levels of Coruscant. Yes. But he's like, oh, I still kept two manufacturing plants down here for a couple of good reasons. One, because it's real easy to get away with shit because there's no real law enforcement down here. Yeah. So if I need to take care of a problem... I can do that down here and no one will know. Yeah. The other reason is it's cheap. And then thirdly, no one cares. I can have all my like most murderous illegal droids here as protection and no one's going to do anything. Also, I'm shockingly wealthy. Why would I bother selling things? Like, it's not like I need the money. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, I I brought this Seacoton, uh ship down here because... No one's going to try and look for anything down here. This place sucks. Yeah, so he turns on some lights, and there it is. And it's just kind of a big, ugly, brown lump. Yeah. And, and uh, Tarkin immediately, like, sniffs his nose out. He's like, ugh, that thing's all organic. It looks like it used to be alive. And he's like, it did used to be sort he's of like, alive. Didn't you know that? And he's like, no, I heard it was organic. I just didn't think it was, like, an actual organism. Yeah, like, I figured it was going to be, like, Gungan like Bongos. Because a Gungan Bongo is grown organically, but it looks like a spa- like a submarine. And, and uh, he's like, well, no, Gungans grow their stuff organically, but when it's done, it's done. It just means organic the way that, like, chemists mean organic, not the way biologists mean organic. Yeah. Uh, but these things are straight up, they are alive, and they are linked to the person who they are sold to as a captain, and as soon as they die, they start to rot, which is why I have it down here in this room to slow its process. Yeah, he has it in, like, a super refrigeration unit and has a whole bunch of other, like, special processes going on to try and keep it from rotting away because he's yeah he's like look man the second it is taken away from whoever pilots it it's done you can't do anything to it because it dies yeah and all of its processes are gone i basically just have the hulk i have a standing offer out there in the world for anyone who actually owns one of these things just to interview with me so i can learn what they are and what they do yeah he's like i paid hundreds of millions just for a useless chunk of shit that used to be one of these ships yeah and no one is going to give me any information, even though I'm like, 
$2 billion, tell me what the fuck is going on, and no one is doing it. Yeah. He's so. like, I assume part of the contract is you can't say anything, and if you do, it severs that link with the ship and the ship dies. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the this is the vaunted ship that's a class point four or whatever. I had people in the comments pointing out that uh, point might refer to a thing that happens in New Hope when uh, Han Solo refers to the uh, Falcon as being capable of point five over light speed. Yeah, which would sort of make sense. It's a little hard to factor in because the luxury cruise liner that he was designing to show off to people when they take over their star systems for the Trade Federation was described as a point eight, and these things are described as point fours. So if it's over, then that would suggest that these things are slower than the Millennium Falcon, but they are the fastest ships in the galaxy, and the Millennium Falcon currently exists. Well, I think, because it's supposed to be slower is higher number, because they're like, oh yeah, if you have a big, slow cruise ship, that's rated at a four. Yeah, it's just weird that you would would uh, lump that in with .5 over light speed, where you're like, this thing does .5 over light speed, sounds like it does somewhat more than light speed. But you want it to do less more than light speed to for it to be really fast. If you're like it's point one over light speed, everyone's like, "Wow, that's fucking faster." I guess I don't. I don't know. Maybe or maybe it's just that capital ships are faster than smuggling little smuggling cargo ships because they have more room for engines. Nah, we we don't know. Not just it's supposed to be the lower the number, the faster you go because yeah. this is the most impressive. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I guess that makes sense. So these things are slightly faster than the Falcon. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing because. These are supposed to be like point four, you know, Anakin and everyone else has been talking these up as like, oh, that's the fastest thing anywhere. That's insane. Yeah. Like the fastest you'd normally get would be like a point six or some shit. And I go, that's weird. Cause how much more are you getting out of something between like, say a point four and a point five? Like how much faster than the Falcon is this? Yeah, I mean, it could very well be logarithmic and it's absolutely enormous. Like the difference between a 9.1 and a 9.2 on the Richter scale. Yeah. Uh, th- there's always that possibility. Um, but yeah, it's, o- it's also funny to me when you think about it, just meaning it only describes their hyperdrive capability where you have people like Anakin being stunned and excited about it. Cause that's really only useful to long-term war planners who are like, Oh, this thing can get across the galaxy 10% faster. I'll outrun the enemy fleet. Yeah. As opposed to, it's really fast in, you know, sublight speed. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I assume it's also that. I mean, the rating might be a rating of how fast you are and maybe maneuverable. You're, Could if be. you got a better rating? We yeah, don't know. I don't know. I don't They're know. very vague, and that's fine. It's sci-fi. Let's just let them be vague. It's sci-fi. It's science fantasy or whatever. It's, it doesn't matter. But he's just like, yeah, thanks for showing me that. And Wraith's like, well, do you want to go inside of it? or You want to poke wanna, it a little? It? It's wanna, weird. Yeah, you want to uh, you want to like make out a little or whatever? And he's just like, hey, you want to poke a little? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just two dudes being strong? What do you say, man? Huh? And Just guys being dudes? Guys being dudes. And, <laughs> and, and Tarkin's like, no. And then he fixes him with an angry look and, and uh, basically looks like a skull talking because they want to describe what Peter Cushing looked like. Yes. Um, Meanwhile, we jump back to Anakin, uh, who is griping that he doesn't really understand the whole worm eating the people who work for him him on his ship thing. And Obi-Wan pretty much... One thing I like about Obi-Wan here is they establish he thinks he's not the best teacher and he's really got to work on that. And he's really not. Because Anakin's like, I've got this weird, uneasy feeling. I've used the Force to reach out to these little foodkin crab things. And they're super intelligent. Oh, yeah. The fact that he is like... I've established rapport with all of the various critters on here. Yeah. So I know what they're feeling. I know what they're thinking. We, like, I talk to these fucking crab guys, and they 
love getting eaten, and it still weirds me out. Yeah, and and Obi-Wan's full measure of, of Jedi fatherly advice is keep your nose out of it. Just fucking, st- just fucking shut up. Yeah, he's like, hey, well, here's the thing. If it comes down to your sensibilities and the crab's sensibilities for their life, maybe trust the fucking crab for their own life. Like, then. you think you could just give them some minor biology lesson to be like, oh, dude, they're probably the kind of thing that dies after it lays its eggs, whether or not they get eaten. And, or, like, they'll die if they don't lay their eggs and get eaten. Well, we have... Like, it's part of their life cycle. They're used to the concept. We have, uh... Quinn shows up, does Charza, and yeah. is like, oh, these... I have a couple of these little crab guys who are, like, forcefully being like, dude, you have to eat me. And he's full, but he's like, I gotta try and make room for these guys because if I don't eat them, they will lose their children. Yes, Like, yeah. they are on the very verge of the window they have to be able to have their kids, if I don't eat them in the next 24 hours, they aren't going to be able to do this. Yeah, yeah. But Anakin is... I'm not a huge fan of what they're doing here, um, largely just because it's bothered me in other like young adult media in the past, is uh, where Anakin's like, I form instant rapports with any cool animal I come across, and then they immediately start sitting on my shoulder and chirping to me and curling around my feet, because I'm... I'm I'm an instant bonder with animals and so yeah, on. I'm that, like, that shows you that I am to be trusted and cute. Yeah. The, my problem with that is that this is baby Vader. Yeah. And he doesn't need to be an open, empathetic person who fully understands animals. He's already got the Vader things. He's got the raging fire inside of him. And for some reason, he's really into street racing. Yeah. we got. He's got enough. He doesn't need to be Jason and Jaina. I mean, at least it's not that bad. He's like, yeah. look, I've reached out to them. And instead of it being like, ooh, and they love me, and we get along, he's like, I do not, these are fully alien to me, in that they have a viewpoint, and I cannot match my own view to it. Yeah. And Obi-Wan being like, you don't need to. That's, if it, if their viewpoint is different from yours, trust their viewpoint, because they have a different lived experience. Yeah. Like, it basically, I, I it always bugs me that it happens in media. I get that it's basically just a kid power fantasy thing. It's just like, hey, if you're... If you're watching a TV show aimed at kids and the main kid keeps getting pets, it's because you as a little nine-year-old are like, God, I want every animal to be my pet. Yeah, it so would be so fine. cool if, if yeah. every animal thought I was rad and we hung out. Yeah, this was the thing that bothered me when I was watching that Young Justice show was that they they gave Superboy that, where every time he went on an adventure, he'd come back with like a giant wolf that was his friend now or a super intelligent transforming robot bike. Now it's his friend and it gets a name and it has to hang out with him. And eventually Superboy can't go anywhere with like five fucking things that are just like his fucking... Th- cadre of things that are with him and i'm like you're Superboy. this is very much lily gilding you are already all the power fantasy <laughs> he's like no i need an ordinary wolf why <laughs> it's not ordinary it's big it's a big wolf with weird eyes okay all right <laughs> anyway um yeah, so, after so basically I- getting brusquely told off to like hey quit it it's their biology shut up already <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, I am on Obi-Wan's side here. Of course you are. And you should be. He's right. He could have just delivered it in a more instructive manner. Yeah, but instead he's just like, dude, they know what they're doing, man. Yeah. Don't try and put, like, human morality on a crab. That's weird. Like, you're weird for like, doing that. If I were doing this, I'd be like, oh, why don't you, instead of viewing Charza and the, the, the food kin as, like, two distinct species, think of the ship as the thing that we are taking, that is giving us a ride. Charza's basically like its brain and part of its reproductive systems, and those food things that are going up into it are like 
digestive tract organisms. It's all a living thing. You're just seeing it from a different perspective now. Now, let me show you the powerhouse of the ship. <laughs> the midichlorian. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> now, shut up or I'll stick you in the Golgi apparatus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh. like, just do that. But instead, he's just like, I don't know. I'm going to trust the crabs. But yeah, we get the we get the moment where where two of the crabs are like, please eat us! Oh my god, we want to be eaten! Yay! And he's like, I can't. I'm impossibly full. Oh, I'm, I'm such a eat another bite. I'm such a fat, bad little worm boy. <laughs> mm, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> oh come on! I'm only a wafer thin crab. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they are insistent, and he's just like, dude, I've eaten so many of these fucking crabs. I. I hate that I have to do this, but he, he is also like, I will though. He I'll will make eat room. them. He will eat them that day. He makes that very clear. He's like, they're going to get eaten by the end of the day because otherwise they'll lose their kids. And I'm a responsible owner. And there's another thing that comes out here too, which is Anakin noting that the crab uh, foodkin are all inordinately proud that they are only eaten by by uh, Charza. Yeah, that nothing else gets to eat them. And notably, there's a lot of one meter long Charzas all over the ship. Yeah, there's a lot of little worm guys. Yeah. And they're like, no, we get eaten by the big one. Yeah. Yeah, only the big one gets to eat us, and that's why we do all these little ship details. And I, I like this. I like that this ship is like a whole different way of ship operation. Yeah. Honestly, fucking good job with Greg Bear on making a actual alien thing in Star Wars. Yes. It's like, what is this? Oh, it's a weird alien. Crazy physiology. Oh, does it just fly like a normal ship like a human would of course it does why would it have a different operating system yeah i mean it still is a yt corellian cruise uh, it's just that it's been fully retrofitted into a fucking tide pool yeah and that's go, great you go inside and you're like oh all of the controls are such that like little crabs can do things they and all the like, little worm guys can do stuff yeah there's crabs playing ddr all over the controls on this thing it's great yeah it's amazing to me and they're just like yeah he they fully changed the ship to be for one of these guys. Yeah. And I'm like, that rules. So anyway, when they get up there, this all gets set aside, and Charles is like, oh, good, hello. And he had been singing to the Crabkin uh, yeah. w when they come in, but he changes the, the position of his spikes so he can speak human tongue again. All the crabs get real pissed. They're like, yeah, they're oh, I was singing a song. Oh, he's singing worm songs. Eh. Oh, he was singing, I saw the worm sign, my favorite worm song. From Worm Abba. <laughs> Ace of Worms. <laughs> <laughs> the ace of worms <laughs> well that's what he's singing now <laughs> uh anyway he's like hey welcome to the ship i think it's probably time for me to tell you all the shit that i know about sonama sakat so here we go uh it's out on the edge of known space it's a weird looking planet i'm going to show you pictures of it in just a second in fact i want you to show you pictures because we're there um when I brought Verger here, I dropped her off on like a big northern plateau that was really highly elevated. Uh, my instructions were to go up to orbit and wait to get a signal from her if she needed emergency pickup. When she didn't, I left like I was supposed to. There were six other ships in orbit. All of them were privately owned pleasure yachts, which suggests that they weren't from any kind of military that you guys have ever heard of, but rather were individual, exorbitantly wealthy buyers. So someone down there is making ships and selling them for crazy amounts of money. Yeah. And he's like, there was nothing weird going on i got this picture and he brings up a picture of uh the like terrain and at first they're like oh look there's some trees there and then you see a detail where you're like oh wait that's a person over there and you're like 
oh, that tree's like 500 meters tall. Yeah. So that, the, those trees are ridiculous. Yeah, those trees are as big as a really small Star Destroyer's vertical. Uh, so... So they're enormous trees, and and Anakin, at first Obi Wan is looking at them and is like, "Oh, I recognize those as trees because they have trunks and canopies." But upon closer look, you can see that they also have like buildings in them that are like cities. So that's they're completely enormous. And after a close look, Anakin's like, "Those aren't plants." And uh, Charles is like, "Yeah, you're right. They're not animal or plant." Uh, Verger was calling them boras. Yeah, no idea what that actually is. But the, apparently the boras are all over the surface, mm-hmm. and... I'm guessing it's short for arboreal or something. Yes, I yeah. mean, that was... When I was like, boras, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. I get where that's coming from. Yeah, I, I'm up to speed on it. Uh, it's either that or boreal, because they go really high up into the sky. Or like the, and they're only found on the north side of the planet as well. Ah. Um, anyway, after all that looking, he's like, great, yeah, so that's what I had. Anyway, we're there, so let's just come out of hyperdrive. Whoosh. And there it is right there. It's that green dot, because first of all, the stars here are really well, cool. Mean, that is a different chapter, because he needs to go away and have babies and come back as Okay, a fine. And then there's a Sinar chapter in between again, yeah. where he gets shuffled off. He, basically, it's him packing. He's just, like, walking along, stuffing shit in a suitcase. Because, once again, Tarkin is still exerting influence on him when he doesn't need to, because he, like, shows up. It's like, it's time to go right now. Yeah, we gotta go right now. And he's like, fucking fine. I've already packed a bag, because I knew you weren't gonna say, hey, you need to leave in a few hours. I just packed it ahead of time. Yeah. But fine, let's go. And he turns to his fucking like butler bot and he's like, hey, butler bot, here's all the instructions for if I don't return. Yeah. This is all the shit you need to do to maintain while Which I'm is, gone. I assume send all of my murder droids to kill Tarkin. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love his constant vague disappointment that Tarkin won't pick up the message that he's fully amenable. He's like, I'm on your side for God's sake. Would you stop power playing? You don't need to show up and be like, ha now you need to leave right this second. Like, yeah, dude, it's fine. Just tell me to meet you somewhere. Fucking Christ. Do Gestapo guys usually do this to other Gestapo guys? This is weird, man. We're both NKVD. It's cool. <laughs> We're on the same team. You don't got to disappear me. I'm on board. <laughs> so that's what's happening. And he's just like, whatever. I'm walking along. I'm doing last minute packing. I'm dealing with the thing. And Tarkin's like, yeah, because it just dropped out of hyperspace. We know where it is, and you have to get to it right now. You have a one-hour window. You got to go, go, go. You got your squadron. I'm going to put you in a luxury shuttle, and you're going to go, and you're going to take off, and you're going to go. And Sinar's like, fine. And he's like, I don't think you understand the magnitude of this, Sinar. The peep, the powers that be, they sense real opportunity. You and me, we're small potatoes, but if we do this and we do it right, we'll get noticed. We'll be big potatoes, then we'll be like the, a baked potato. Then we'll be like claim jumper potatoes. <laughs> we'll be potatoes where you're like, I couldn't possibly eat that. Why Why does this come with a meal? This is a meal. You'll be like, could God truly cultivate a potato so large he himself would turn down half of it? <laughs> uh. But uh, he's like, you don't understand. They've rated this at priority two. Do you understand me, Sinar? Priority two. Sinar's just like, oh my goodness. Well, why not priority one? He's like, God damn it, you son of a bitch. I am trying to be serious with Fucking you. Fucking bratty subs. <laughs> I will I will have words with you later <laughs> in private. That's literally what it is, because he's just like, well, why not priority one then? And he's like, I think you need to take this shit seriously. <laughs> hey, hey, you and me, keep it together. And Sinus like, my dude, you have given me nothing but guff, and I'm still doing your shit. Maybe you need to chill the fuck out, my man. <laughs> I cannot chill out. I am Tarkin. <laughs> 
But I just love the bratty energy we get here. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Oh. Priority two? Oh my god, that's amazing! That's the second best one! Why not the best one? Is it so priority we aren't number one? What do they do at priority one even then? Oh my god, at priority one, do you annoy me more? <laughs> At priority oh. one, do you have to go, or is it just you send CEOs? <laughs> do you send another CEO, or is it just me still? Because <laughs> I could use the company. <laughs> yeah. Sinar just really reaching the end of his give-a-shit rope, where he's like, yeah, dude, that's great, man. I can, Ooh, priority whatever. two. Oh. <laughs> well, I better put on my Sunday best. We're at priority two. Did you Butler bot? Did you hear? <laughs> exactly where I was going. <laughs> Activate the fireworks routine. You there, boy. Do you know what day it is? Priority, priority two, two day. day. <laughs> See, no one cares. <laughs> priority two. We have priority two over here. Uh, I think it's about time we had a villain that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just bratty CEO villain. <laughs> We've had so many variations on cackling mastermind. I really like our go with the flow brat energy we're getting here, <laughs> and I, I hope it continues like this. Yeah, I can't wait for him to deal with Obi Wan, who also radiates that, <laughs> that exact same energy. Uh. It's the one issue I have is I'm like, God, if he doesn't have Tarkin to play off of, I'm really feeling like, oh, Sinar's no longer going to be big bratty bottom energy, and that's going to be very sad for me. I, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that was Greg Bear's read. Like, it's too late. It's too late to ask him now, and that's more the pity, but I would have loved to ask the, the esteemed author of Darwin's Radio whether or not. Gotcha. It would be great. <laughs> no, I'm just imagining going up to fucking Greg Bear and being like, hey, love your work. Do you think Sinar was a bratty bottom? And him just looking at you and going, God damn it. I've, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. God, someone got it. I mean, I wouldn't even ask him that. I wouldn't ask him if he thought it. I would not deign to disrespect the man in such a fashion. My question would just be, did you set up a bratty sub-villain Specifically because your protagonist is Obi-Wan, another one. <laughs> <sighs> to have him be like... And I would love if he turned to whoever was next to him and be like, see, this guy gets it. This guy, this, this is the guy. <laughs> I told you! <laughs> You're right, you did it. He, did you hear it? This guy made a priority two discovery. Oh... <laughs> 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 Anyway, anyway. <laughs> he gets piled into a luxury shuttle and launched, and he has some interior ruminating about how, uh, you know, he's still willing to go along with this because ultimately he's pretty sure that whatever Tarkin is doing, it's going to work and it's going to be very profitable. Yeah, he's like, you know, as much as I am absolutely poking the bear here, it is true. We are going to get noticed for doing this. This is a good plan. I just can't help myself from being like, eh? <laughs> that bear's just so pokeable. <laughs> Look at him. He's all round and chubbly. <laughs> Except it's fucking Darkin, a human axe. <laughs> it makes it even better. <laughs> yeah. I gotta poke that buzzard. <laughs> Don't poke me. You'll break my ribs. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I see your fingers gone right through me. <laughs> Normally it's me doing that to you. <laughs> Hmm, this is a priority one situation. <laughs> I'm being poked. 
Anyway, now we get our scene where they're sitting up in the cockpit waiting for Charza to come back, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, because Charza's busy having babies. Yeah. He's been eating all these little crab guys, and we keep getting told, oh, it's part of the life cycle. You know, they have their babies through him, and he does indeed give birth on the way here. So when they finally do show up, he manages to come out of the back just like, fucking pale and drained yeah and he's like i have been giving birth to dozens of little fucking crab guys i am uh, done <laughs> don't talk to me until i've had birth <laughs> i've given birth to hundreds of crabs <laughs> he just like comes in plops down yeah. on his backless couch and is like whoo <laughs> goddamn i love that even though this guy is a four meter long like crazy worm from the deepest depths of some space ocean with no visible humanoid characteristics even slightly they can tell as he comes in that he's like been through some shit just comes through pale a bunch of like pink newborn crabs who have been instructed on how to run the ship show up yeah and he's just like god damn do not go in there (laughs) somebody light one of my flammable crabs I've got a sea star that I use as a fucking candle. <laughs> me, in there. sir, me, sir. I live to be immolated. Light me on fire. I love it. <laughs> it's the only thing I dream of. Oh, God. I can't wait to be burned alive. I'm Mickey Mouse. <laughs> oh, boy. I can't <laughs> wait until you immolate me, Minnie. <laughs> so he's just like, yeah, don't do it. Don't do that. That's rough, but it's really important. And Anakin's first question is, wow, those guys are trained pilots already. And it's pointed out to him that, yeah, those crabs don't live that long. They have a couple weeks of life. And uh, during, yeah, they so come out and the they the ones who aren't current, who haven't been eaten, but are close to it are like, all right, you get a crash course in fucking starship piloting. Yeah, that's why they're so, you read them as so smart is because they have to learn how to do everything within a couple of minutes. And then they do that until they get eaten. Yeah. So that's the life cycle of these little crabs. It's fine. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Anakin has attracted one of the extra meter-long Charza worms and a couple of crabs that are just hanging around, chittering on his shoulder and, like, watching the show with him. Yeah. And it's Obi-Wan's like, like, like uh, you know, to, our, to Bear's credit, he doesn't go like, yes, those are my friends. I made friends with these crabs and you can't eat them. At most, he's just like, it's fine. It's okay if they're there. I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. There's a weird... Absolutely terrifying worm monster on me, but that's cool. It's fine. Yeah, and Charles is like, "Oh, look, they like you." Those, the, you, it's rare that anyone develops an attraction to a to a non things from our ecosystem. Yeah, when normally, they, anyone who comes on here is like, "Holy shit, this is gross," and leaves. Yeah, Good job. And, and even if they don't, it's not like the the uh, the random things from my food chain like them. That's rare. So this is you're you're there's something special about you, young man. Oh, anyway, yeah, and it's it's mostly because he's like, "Oh, I took the time to like." try to get to know them. I'm sure everyone who comes on here is either like, ew, this is gross, or, oh, that's just food. I'm not going to talk to food. But he's like, yeah, dude, I talk to them, and I'll make, like, little snaps at them to try and simulate their clacking. Yeah. Like, he's at least attempting to meet the little food crabs on their level. I like I like the idea that he tries to do snaps at them, and they read it like if, you're, if he was on In Living Color or something. Did you just around the world and backsnap me? <laughs> That deserves three snaps and a twist. <laughs> I'm going to make the sign of the snap Z. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, God, that is some old jokes. Old jokes here. I don't here. Even know where you would be able to find in living color nowadays. Some streaming service, some streaming I'm service. sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 
to, to get back to the point. He's like, great, view screen up. Let's have a look. We're in the system now. First of all, I got to explain to you some details. We are not going to run into any problems out here. There is nothing out here except this planet and then people coming to visit this planet. You're not going to find armies from either side. We are literally at the edge of the galaxy. If you look that way, you will not see any stars because we're at the edge. Yeah. He's like, this is where it ends. And that excites Anakin. He's like, oh shit, dude, unexplored area. Like this is the end of where people have gone. Yeah. And he's just like, dude, Obi-Wan, if we went like a few light years that way, we would be beyond known space. Isn't that fucking rad? And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, that that's, is pretty that's rad. rad. They have different reasons. Obi-Wan is comforted knowing that there are things that no one knows yet. Yeah. And Anakin's excited at the prospect that he could go learn everything. Exactly. Um, but basically, he's like, and this system is a trinary star system. There's one really big one, and then there are two littler ones that are getting fucked up by it. And one of the littler ones is a red giant. So whatever's going on with that big one, it's some crazy main sequence well, star. You have a white dwarf, the yellow star, which is the star that's basically uh, King shit one- star. Well, that's the one doing for Seacoat. And yeah. then you have the red star that is getting fucked by the white dwarf because it's just pulling all the gas off of that one. Yeah, so there's like a big, those two are making like a big red and white braid through the sky. And then the yellow star is a little more normal. Yeah. And it, the range they're out, Zonama Sakat just looks like a dot, but that's the dot they're going to. And he's like, yeah, there it is. And let's pull it up on, let's zoom in. And I like the part where he says on view screen to the crabs and the crabs pull up a view screen and it has nothing but blurry crap on it. And he has to go, for humans? And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll adjust the uh, rods and cones level so that it shows up. Like, this guy probably sees, like, a mantis shrimp or some shit. Yeah. So they change it to our crap eyes, and they can see the planet. And the planet's weird. Like, it's... it's uh, They got, like, a weird, like... You can see the whole, like, gas chain thing going in the sky. So you have almost a permanent, like, northern lights-looking thing going yeah. on. But also, the lower, the southern hemisphere of the planet is entirely ensconced in clouds. You can't see any of it, just clouds. The northern hemisphere is almost entirely a single landmass, completely covered in those Boras things. Yeah. Uh, with a single little tiny glacier ice cap at the top, and some storms raging over it that all come out from the, the uh, clouds over the bottom part. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing has some kind of polar alignment, where all the storms are at the bottom, all the good shit's at the top. Uh, it, it's wild-looking. Yeah, but that's they're weird. like, wow, that's that's weird. But just set us down where you're supposed to. And then they go back to their room to get ready because you see Obi-Wan now reveals that he's got 30 billion credits on or 300 billion credits on him. Jesus Christ, the amount of money that he has. And it's tied up in like 10 coins, just some little bars. Yeah, he's got little bars. that are like semi-see-through, and they have, like, moving gem fires inside of them, of course, because they got to yeah. be fantasy-looking. They're, they're super rare whatever-the-fuck they're called. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, dude, this is worth just billions of dollars. And at first, Anakin is like, it's true! All the legends! And he's like, no, there isn't some weird treasure in the fucking Jedi Temple. We went to a bank and got a loan. And it's not even that. It's It's more like, this is partially owned by the New Republic. And partially by us, we're pretty much taking a borrow out on the New Republic on this one, but also we could spend this. My my information tells me that this... Like, yeah, we we got three billion in fucking weird things, and that's what Vergeer got, was three yeah. billion in these things. Yeah, so it's, it's 300 billion. Each three one, billion. Is it three billion? Oh, okay, then each one of these things is worth a couple mil, a hundred million. Because um, it's just ten coins, or yeah. little bars. And uh, he's like, yeah, my understanding is that this is how much one of these Zocotten uh, ships costs. So we're going to try and buy one. 
But And then Anakin points out the obvious. If that's how much they cost, maybe Verger already bought one and fucked off. <laughs> maybe this Jedi was just like, fuck it, I'll take a ship and I'm out. <laughs> and Anakin's like, or Anakin, Obi-Wan's like, yeah, it, that's a possibility we have to deal with, but, you know, that's where we're, we're just here on an adventure, dude. You don't have to worry about, like, all the possibilities. Just go with it. And this prompts Anakin to try and force Luke well, into the Anakin future. Anakin also has a point where he's like, I've never seen so much fucking money. Are yeah. you kidding me? I could build a hundred special spaceships. I could get a whole bunch of these like YT ele- or YZ 1100s. And he's like, why would you do that? Those are shitty like space scows. And he's like, yeah, but I'm cool and I could soup them up and they'd be super badass. And he's like, what would you do with a hundred souped up space scows? And he's like, I'll race them. <laughs> I really think all of Anakin's answers here could have been could have been uh, replaced with "I'm 12." <laughs> yeah. Why do you want a hundred fucking uh, tow trucks? I'm 12. And what are you going to do with them? I'm 12. Okay. Questions answered. Yeah. Oh, what? Why do you want a T Rex that's also a monster truck? I am 12. <laughs> yeah. He seems perfectly rational to me. Yeah, it's fine. But then he he tries to focus his energy on the planet and see if he can read the future. Something he knows that Master Jedi can do, but Padawan aren't supposed to be able to. Well, no, he's he's like, Padawan can. Yeah, they can just, do it. They're just not supposed to be good at it or able to do it without supervision or it's something. It's just, Masters are able to, like, super see the future, but anyone can, if you know the Force, can be like, oh, I can kind of get a glimpse of what's going on, and, and I, I'd like that. I like what we do here, because he does very briefly, he he ruminates a little bit. I've seen ruminate a lot today. I don't know why that's my word of the day. Ah! Um, anyway, um, he thinks about it, uh, Amidala here for the first time, and we do get a notification that he hasn't seen her for like two years. Yeah. So he's just, oh, she's so noble and interesting. I was really excited about her. Plus, he thinks about his mom, and he says, anytime I try to do advanced meditation techniques like looking into the future or looking far away, both of their faces pop up and I have a hard time not concentrating on them. But this time, for a couple of seconds, he gets a huge, booming, resonant, super deep voice that goes way down inside him and shakes him to his core. And we don't know what it says. And I like this. And I'll I'll tell you why. Spoiler alert, because we've done it in bonus content before, Zonama Sakat is alive. Yeah, it's one big alive planet. Now, and here's the thing. If you did not know that Zonama Sakota is alive... You would think... You would think it was Vader's voice. Exactly! That's why I like it! Yeah, it's neat! It's a good job of doing of doing false foreshadowing, and I like that because ultimately a lot of this is regular-ass foreshadowing, where they per- various characters just sit around and think about how powerful this kid is. Yeah. No. Very good. I liked that bit. I also like that he's like... Yeah, man, I try to meditate. And like this, he's like, I can occasionally grab onto shit for a little bit. But when it slips, the whole point is, oh, I'm supposed to focus on, you know, things that make me calm or things that make me happy. Mm -hmm. But all I do is think about my mom and that fucks my shit up because now I'm thinking about my mom and that ruins everything. And it happens here, too. When he finishes this, he pops out and the only thing he can remember is his mom and a big voice that he can't think of. It's kind of like when you come out of a dream of a wake up out of a dream. And you're like, was that dream about airplanes? And then all you can think about is airplanes and the dream is gone. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's uh, that that happens to him, except it's force crap. Yeah. And that is where we end it. That's right. We do not get onto the planet yet, but they are at least on the way. We've got Sinar showing up with 
He's got some droids and a blood carver. Yeah, he's <laughs> at got some yeah. Point. yeah. He's got Key Dave and and some droids that are gonna be they're gonna be coming out here at pretty much the same speed. I gotta assume this is months of fucking travel. Oh yeah, because you're like it's, I, guess I don't it's just care a, if you're using a hyperdrive. This is the edge of the galaxy, like, and Coruscant is mid-galaxy. Yeah, like, if it was easy to get here from Coruscant, then people would have explored outside the edge by now. Yeah. So, I I assume that's why he was like, dude, you need to leave right now, because we had to wait several weeks for them to get there, and now you can leave. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to get a little bit of time for the two of them to explore before Sinar shows up. Yeah. which Arriving is nice. fashionably late, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, there you have it. Interesting set of chapters, I guess, given that we didn't really move the plot forward that much. We still learned some things, and there's some good writing here that I did not dislike. Mm-hmm. So, I hope you tune in next time, but hey, if you're looking for more exciting Star Wars content, well, there's like ten movies. Go watch one of those. Jeez, what do you want from us? Oh, no, they want exciting Star Wars content. Ah, yes. So there's okay. about three movies you could go watch. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to throw all of the shade, and I'm not going to tell you which three they are. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the original trilogy. It's not. No, it's the two Ewok movies and that Clone Wars cartoon that was in theaters briefly that sucks completely. <laughs> Do you want a movie that sucks out loud? Well, have I got you covered. <laughs> so uh, Go to Movie Mastery, our other podcast, and everything we watch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and you can get more Star Wars content because that is where we make Expanded Expounded Universe where we discuss things we find on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. That's at the $4 level. There are other levels available that unlock other amounts of content. Obviously, there's a $2 level that gets you our ad-free feed of every show we uh, basic show we make, plus our System Mastery bonus content. And there's the $10 level where you get two more bonus shows. And it's just a really good deal. Yeah, and you support the show. It lets us keep doing what we're doing so that we can eat food and not die. Alive and eat these little crabs and mm-hmm. give birth. <laughs> That's what we do. We, I eat crabs and I give birth to what I assume is crabs. It's brown and it goes in the toilet, but... Yep. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, and... Gross. <laughs> yes, and you're gross. <laughs> and it sounds like a bell. <laughs> Patreon.com slash System Master, where I promise I'll stop te- keep telling you I poop. <laughs> I promise. Mm-hmm. I'll ruminate on that. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, all right. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Elan Sleeves Bagano. And I love being over a barrel. <laughs> it's priority two.